Welcome to Out From The Cube. We are doing our Wednesday uh, with Jason Wells on Thursday at 4 o'clock. So that's our, that's our Wednesday. We're a little late to it, but that, that's the logistics of being with, uh, with clients and with Jason's schedule, and we, we fit it in when we can. And uh, appreciate you making time, Jason. I know you just are. You're on the tail end of a move, or you're all done. You're all moved out. Utilities yeah, are on. Yeah. Everything is in package. Yeah, everything is in one place, so um, it's it's better than it was a week ago, but still kind of chaotic around here. Perfect. Move, moving is one of the least fav my least favorite things to do. So um, I'm not going to jump in. I also appreciate your, all your help in that too. Thank yeah. you. All, all the <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I could help. Um, so uh, if you want to know about Jason, I was thinking about this earlier today. I always kind of talk a little bit about Jason to get it going, but Jason's now a regular with us. If you want to know about Jason, his background, our relationship, how we got to know each other, just go back to some other episodes. We're just going to jump right into it uh, today. Jason, uh, so uh, I, I, I did an episode on Monday of this week. Uh, usually Monday is just an episode that I put out, no guests, um, and just some things that are on my mind, things I've read or people I've talked to or um, podcast I've listened to. And this past week, I really kind of made it a focus that my theme for the week was going to be momentum and then kind of retaining my focus throughout the week on creating momentum. And I essentially kind of started talking about uh, my mornings and just being more, uh, you know, having more of a ritual with my mornings, creating more, creating momentum for my day through my mornings and just really trying to get after it a little bit better. And actually ask people to call me out and hold me accountable to that, which some people have done. So that being said, today, I, I get up early. I think you also get up early. Um, I got up this morning at 425. And I was at a CrossFit gym at 450. <laughs> so the first time in my life, I found my way to a CrossFit gym. Now, this particular CrossFit gym I wound up at because of some networking and some people I know and uh, having some coffee with some people. And so I was there at 450. And how this is going to leverage into our talk a little bit uh, today <laughs> is I, I got into that. It started at, uh, started at 5 o'clock. It ended at 6. And what I really enjoyed about it is this. And, and I am going to sign up for it. I'm going to make it a regular part of my week. Um, I, you're into Orange Theory. Orange Theory, I think, is a – that's not a Missouri thing, is it? That's a, is that a national brand? Yeah, it's a national thing. It's a national thing. Yes. Um, what I like about that, and I don't know anything about Orange Theory, but what I like about uh, the, the, the um, CrossFit training that I did and what I hear about is kind of a community, people doing the same exercises, people rooting for each other, and kind of people tapping out with one another and encouraging and all that. What I, I, I enjoyed that. And that's one part that I think I would really kind of cling to uh, with kind of that environment. Two, they had this guy that just kind of circulated around and was kind of coaching people, you know, spent a lot of time with me, you know, correct form and feedback and pushing me and driving me and all this sort of stuff. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but what was on my mind as some of that was happening was when I go to another gym, a club fitness or a gold's gym or do any of that, I put headphones on. And I scroll through my phone. I don't know what I'm doing. I take long breaks. I'm not accountable to anybody. Nobody's talking to me. I'm not getting better. I'm not doing anything. And then, but today I was like being pushed by somebody. I was being coached by somebody. I was accountable to somebody. And I really liked it. And then you and I had a very, very brief discussion today about the need for always needing a coach. And the first thing I thought about was that guy today 
and I was like, I needed that. And in order for me to get fit and get to another level and to, you know, really care about my fitness and all that, I think I can't do it myself. I just can't do it myself. I'm not good enough. I'm not driven enough. I'm not motivated enough. I don't have that in me like other people do. Um, this comes back to a conversation a week or so ago where you and I talked about Grover, I think his name is, who is Michael Jordan's coach and the need for the best basketball player in the world to continue to have a coach and be pushed and driven and accountable to somebody. And you and I kind of touched on that real quick. And you definitely had some takes on always having a coach, seeking out a coach and uh, getting that feedback and accountability from a coach. Yeah. I mean, uh, before I even get into that, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch you a little bit. And okay. You say you're not motivated enough. You're not determined enough. And I'm going to ask you to throw a little three letter word in there and just throw in a yet. Yeah. Because I like that. I like that. When you, when you say that the way that you said it, it puts you in a fixed mindset. And as soon as you say yet, then it keeps you in that growth mindset. So I'm always looking to push you. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm writing it um, down, man. Writing it down. Man, as far as the coaches thing goes, man, I, 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 we could go probably as deep as you want to get. Obviously, me coming from a, an athletic background, I have pretty much always had a coach. Uh, you and I started this conversation with talking about Tim Grover. Um, it, we also, a couple weeks back, you, were, you mentioned watching Kobe, an interview with Lewis Howes. And one of the things that really resonated with me about that interview, like out of all of the awesome things that he said was that part where he first retired, those first six, eight, 12 months after he retired and, and he let himself go and he enjoyed himself and he did all of the things that he couldn't do while he was uh, one of the best in the NBA, one of the best athletes in the world. Um, and now here he is, you know, 18 months out of, into retirement and he's right back in the gym at four o'clock. And the question that he posed was, how do you motivate yourself when you don't know the end result? Mm. And man, like that, well, like I got, <laughs> mm. I'm sure our listeners hear by now that I get goosebumps. Like things, things that really hit me, they, they give me goosebumps. They, because that is, that's a question that, is not only applicable in the athletic world, it's applicable in the business world, it's applicable in our, in our personal lives, it's, it's applicable wherever. And so um, going back to our coaches, I feel like coaches are those people. I think I mentioned on a previous episode, my dad told me something that I never, never really, it never really sunk in until it sunk in. And he used to always tell me when he coached me my eighth grade year, he's not a basketball guy. I told you he's a, he's a musician. He's a jazz musician. And he was just that dad that was available to coach eighth grade boys, you know, right. have time and accessibility to do it. But something that he always told me is he said that coaches are simply people who take places to places that take people to places that they can't go on their own. Mm. And that's what you got this morning. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what, that's what I got on every team I've ever been in. That's what I'm getting now as I transition out of the athletic space and into the facilitation and presenting space. I'm getting coaching. And so <clears throat> why would you? You know, why wouldn't Michael Jordan? One of the things that makes Michael Jordan Michael Jordan, one of the things that makes 
Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. One of the things that is making LeBron James LeBron James is the fact that those guys have come back. LeBron, 16 years now. Kobe, 20 years. I think Mike was 14 or 15 years total with, with those last couple that he shouldn't have played in Washington. Um, those, those guys came back better at something every single year. Right. Mm-hmm. None of those guys came into the league as great shooters. They all left as great shooters. None of those guys, you know, came in as great defenders. They left as great defenders. They're lead, like they, they, they made something, whether it was an individual, <clears throat> excuse me, an individual move or whether it was something that was a total <clears throat> revamp and, and, and rehaul of their game, they got better at something. Tim Grover, he's in the picture. He had very little to do with Michael on the court. He had a lot to do with Michael's mentality and Michael's physical change, which enabled him to be able to do some of the things that he did on the court. It, mm-hmm. it is it, a coach to me was always a reminder, especially coming from the athletic space. A coach to me was always a reminder of two things. You're never as good as you think you are. Right. And there's no such thing as perfection. You can always get better. Mm. Like those, those right. two things, those two things were paramount in, in having a coach and, and being coached my whole life. Yeah. And so if we look at that in a business sense with salespeople and C-suite executives, you know, I, I just think a lot of what I have seen or what I hear about is, you know, hey, I made it to this point. I can do it by myself. I don't need anybody. Do what I say, you know, where – you know, um, you know, this guy that I keep mentioning, Barry Waymiller, who is the, uh, the Barry Waymiller group. I forget the gentleman's name. I want to say it's Chapman. He's the CEO of that yeah, and does Bob an incredible Chapman. job. Bob Chapman. Chap- Bob yeah. Chapman. Phenomenal. So, I've, that, is, that is actually who I'm doing my facilitations with. Is the, I don't know if we ever discussed that. No, I don't think we have. The Barry Waymiller Leadership Institute, BWLI, they call it. That's who I'm learning and doing and, and going down the facilitation path with is that group oh wow so there's yeah, there's some conversation to go on there yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know but but he talks just about this you know humility and uh you know always trying to get better and always hunting out mentors and you know and finding a group of people that you can bounce ideas around and you're never kind you're never there you haven't arrived um and i and i see that you know when i read that story when i read grover's book about jordan and those people, you know, my mind is always kind of on the athletic leadership motivation space, but it's also really on how to leverage that into the business world. And, you know, those people that are at the top are those humble people that just are continuing to, to, to your point, Jordan comes back as a great defensive player, or there's every, you know, comes back as a better defensive player, a better shooter, a better rebounder, a better, whatever it might be, right? These guys, Kobe, LeBron, and Jordan. But I wonder, me personally, or the people that are listening to this, the off-season of our lives, whatever that is, whatever that time is, I wonder how we come back. I wonder how we get better on a quarterly basis or the off-season of our life um, and who's coaching us and how we're seeking out that coaching. Um, you know, because uh, I know we talk a lot about basketball, but those are that, that's business, life, team, leadership skills. I would, I would actually prefer to talk about it in a business setting and I'll throw in, you know, an athletic uh, background with it. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's more imperative in the business setting because there's less of it. Because in the business setting, 
you have a bunch of guys and, or ladies, but let's call it what it is, predominantly guys that reach a certain point and think that because I've reached that point, I've arrived. Right. And that's the beauty of coaching. A coach is always there to tell you you're, you haven't arrived. A, a coach is always there to tell you. And, and the worst thing, I feel like the worst thing that you can have is some success. Because when you have some success, that makes it more difficult and more easy to say, you know, look, look at what I've done. I, I've, I've, I've risen up to CEO status or CFO status or COO status. I've done that in eight years when nobody else has done it in less than 12. Um, look at what I've done. And there's, there's a level of success. There's a, there's a cloud that goes with the level of success that can prohibit you from continuing to grow. You have never arrived. Right. A couple of years ago, Drake made a song, started from the bottom, now I'm here. Now, now you're where? Now you're where? You're just at, you're just at the point because hopefully here is just another stepping stone to there. Mm. Because, and again, I can, I can take it as, as athletic, but I would actually prefer, and I'm more interested in the non-athletic point because, man, that coach always was able to find something to again take you from a place take you to a place that right. you weren't able to go to by yourself whether it was bringing your elbow in a little bit more on your jump shot or whether it was um as a as a c-suite um uh, executive in an organization if, if it's somebody a coach coming in and saying man george you would be so much more effective and efficient if you mm -hmm. listen to your employees a little bit more. If you, if you like, like any of those things that's going, to, that's going to constantly keep you at that place of growth and improvement and development, like that's what coaching is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the circle back, um, one, uh, that, that Lewis Howes, Kobe Bryant thing is really, um, was really impactful to me. Um, and I, what I, and I remember exactly what you said with the story you told earlier, what I, uh, one thing I took from that took many things from it was the coaching his dad gave him when he, at the very beginning of the interview, he's, his dad essentially gave him some coaching that said, I don't care if you score 60 or score zero, I'm going to love you no matter what. Absolutely. And Colby said that was so impactful to him because it gave him the freedom to mess up and it gave him the and gave him confidence and so that that coaching there so it is it, it's very much everything you've just said but I, it's always like that isn't it it's crazy to me now i'm getting off tangent here a little bit one <laughs> phrase one person one phrase from somebody you respect love admire how that can just change your life one phrase so his dad he loves, respects, admires his dad. And his dad just looks at him and says, hey, listen, Cole, you score zero, you score 60. I'm going to love you no matter what. And he said that changed his life. So I guess I would circle that back to us as leaders, that we are looked up to, admired, and respected by the people that report to us. And we talked a little bit about this on Monday, but how one phrase can just change those people's lives because you're coaching them. You're coaching them. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You remember that part of that conversation? I mean, it was right at the beginning, and I really. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the one, like, when I watched it, 
it's one of the reasons, I don't know if you've watched um, ESPN, you know how they do those 30 for 30s, where they have this one and it's, it's turned into like a little docu-series called Basketball, A Love Story. Right, right. Um, my goodness, like things like that, because it puts me in a place to where the things that I've gone through in my life and the, and the people that have poured into my life, I listen to other guys and other girls tell their stories about why they fell in love with the game or how they were able to develop this sense of drive or this sense of accomplishment, and they're so similar. So mine is the same. I tell people all the time, George, I fell in love with basketball because my dad was a musician. And as, as little amount of sense as that makes, here's the why behind the what. Because my dad was a musician, he didn't know the game enough to live vicariously through me. He didn't know the game enough to put unnecessary pressure or tension on me. So once I started to veer into athletics, he did what any dad and any child would want a dad to do. He patted me on my ass, excuse my language, and he told me I'll support the heck out of you. And he sat there. And when he couldn't, and this is one of those things that is so important. I actually got this from my lady. And when she said it, it took. It was just like listening to a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan say it. I, I never worded it like I'm about to tell you until I heard her say it. But it is exactly like the, the point. When, because my dad wasn't knowledgeable enough about the game, he never coached me on the game. He always coached me by my character. So it was never you missed a layup. It was your attitude was piss poor after you missed that layup. Mm-hmm. It, it was never about the layup. It was about, and so because he coached me through character and he coached me like those were the intangibles that we're now, that I am now as a 42 year old man, that those are the intangibles that, that I'm teaching anybody that picks up a basketball and anybody that has never picked up a basketball, those intangibles, like coaching character. And that's where we're at. You know, you mentioned going off on a tangent. I could go off on a tangent on my own, but that's where we're at as a society we we are we're in a society where our intangibles are gone the intangibles of integrity the intangibles of discipline and work ethic and perseverance like those those principles never change the times have changed we've gone from agriculture to industrial to now technology and information those things can change the principles will not change and the last thing that i'll i'll say about coaching as you were speaking um you think about why most people don't want coaching, I think of two main reasons. Number one, they don't know how to handle feedback, right. which we've talked about before. Right. And number two, they are afraid to put themselves in a position where they may or are open to making mistakes. Because if I am an expert at anything, that means that I'm there, and God forbid that I make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm if I'm an expert, I don't need to be coached. If I'm an expert, I, and that's that is the biggest farce that I've ever heard of. Like I tell kids all the time, like just because you make it to the NBA or the WNBA, you still go to practice. You don't just make it to the NBA and just rock up for games. Like right, right, <laughs> you, right. know? you still you still practice. And so, man, that that is it. That is it. Yeah, you posted something on uh, I believe Instagram in the past 48 hours that came across my feed and it was something from Warren Buffett 
And I think the idea, I might get this wrong, but it was something along the lines of, I don't need to know you for you to be a mentor of mine. But I think essentially a, kind of a coach in my, um, so I, I guess my question is, who's coaching you? And I know that you don't know Warren. I, you may know Warren Buffett. I don't think, you, but he's, but, but like you have people coaching you, you don't know. And then you have people that you meet with. And I know that you're kind of on this, you're, you're, you're on the hamster wheel of improvement and growth and networking and, and sharpening your sword. Um, but, but who, who are the people you're kind of reaching out to? Who's coaching you at 42? Here, here, here's the awesome part to that question. Everybody, everybody, I, you, uh, I look for opportunities of growth and opportunities to be coached in every situation. And so, yes, I have a circle of people that I can call or I can do a podcast with or I can go to coffee or lunch or dinner with. Yes, I have those people. Um, I, so for me, there's three tiers. I have those tangible people that are in my call log that I can that are here in St. Louis that I could go to lunch or coffee with. And then there's a second tier of people that are in my call log, but they're in other cities that make it physically, you know, difficult for us to meet unless they're here or I'm there or whatever. So there's that second tier, but we can pick up the phone and we can call. And then there's a third tier, which is a, which I, I know is a tier that most people don't even think about. We live in 2018, George. Yep. You, you can be, no, I do not know Warren Buffett, but I know Warren Buffett. Right. You know, no, I don't know Lewis Howes, but I know Lewis Howes. I don't know Tom Bilyeu, but I know Tom Bilyeu, Simon Sinek, John Gordon, all of the, I, I don't know these guys personally, but because I'm so immersed in their information, they become my coaches. Right. They, so, so that phrase of you're, you're most like the people that, the five people that you spend the most time around, well, I've taken note of that statement and I've gone from five to 15 because I've identified five people in each of those three tiers. Mm -hmm. Who can I go to lunch with? Who can I go to coffee with is one tier. Who can I just call or Skype and maybe talk to once a month? And then who do I not even know that is pouring into me and coaching? Tell me about um, what, Tell me about the things you're learning and being coached by from uh, Bob Chapman. Because I, I, I found some videos on him, found him. Yeah, I, I, I was really drawn to him, really fascinated by him. Took three, four, five pages of notes. Um, yeah. what, 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 what's, what are you learning from him? I mean, the book says it on its own. Everybody matters. And Everybody so matters. Um, to go from in 2008 when we went through our, our you know, most recent serious financial um, downfall i guess right 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 um you know to take to take a man the manufacturing business to take any business and in most in almost any business george and you know this from experience from reading from growing from learning in almost any business setting when things go wrong the norm is to sacrifice the people for the numbers mm -hmm. and what he did when it went wrong, when the financial industry went wrong, what he did was not say that I'm going to sacrifice the people for the numbers. I'm going to care for the people more. Right. And consequently, the numbers not only state level increased 20 million. So, you know, what I'm learning from him is, is everybody matters. Does everybody matter? And it's, I've, I've been in a room with him. 
Uh, I haven't necessarily met him, but the team, so there's an actual team, um, Matt Wyatt, Susan Conrad, all people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, if you want to take a dive into it, um, those are the people that I'm, I'm very intricately um, interwoven with. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all the same because they're just reflections of him. And right. so, again, though I have, he would be in that category of I haven't met Bob, but now Matt and Susan and Sarah and all of those guys are the ones that I am. I can, I can pick the phone up and I can text Matt or Susan. I can call Matt or Susan. And so through them, I know Bob. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he had a really good, uh, interesting take on the, on the, the uh, video. I, I think it was a YouTube video I watched on him. Um, and, and it definitely had a sports spin in my mind. This idea of, of care. And essentially how I looked at this is this, and you and I can, can, feel, can feel this because one, we, we are both from the athletic arena, but two, we both have children uh, that are the same age. If our children were good enough to play college basketball, one of the things that will be very important to me as they are recruited is finding a place for them where they are going to be cared for, taken care of, that the values that I have spent 18 years trying to instill and the character we've tried to develop of integrity and honesty and hard work and you know, service and all this sort of stuff that we've worked on, that they would continue to get that at a university or under the care of a coaching staff. That would be real. I'm telling you right now, that would be really important to me yeah. but Bob Chapman took that to say when you go and you are now uh, hiring people and they come to work for you even though they're 45 they are under your care absolutely right and you need to have that same mindset that you do for the 18 year old here's an 18 year old that I'm trying to get to 22 23 24 but you know what here's a 42 year old that I'm trying to get to 48 that they've got goals, dreams, ambitions, and things they'd like to accomplish. And I'm going to make sure that I help them get to where they want to be. And that's coaching. That's coaching. That's why people matter. And that's, but the phrase that he had was the people under your care. And he yeah. kept hammering that home. And is that, that is that I'm, a, I'm guessing that is essentially his message that you've heard. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Um, you know, what else comes to mind? You, you mentioned John Gordon, um, couple conversations ago i don't even remember it yeah it was uh well. you went in the locker room first the book he did with yeah. the atlanta falcons with guy mike smith mike, mike, smith. Smith. mike yeah. smith and so i have that book and i've read that book as well with the seven c's um but john gordon also has another book called the carpenter and in the carpenter the subtitle to the carpenter The subtitle, I have all these books. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. The subtitle to The Carpenter is A Story About the Greatest Success Strategies of All. So when you hear that, you hear business book. You hear self-help book. You hear, you know, something that's going to make me be successful. And I can tell you this without in one way, shape, or form giving the book away. The three strategies that he refers to are love, serve, and care. Mm. Those are the three success strategies to, you know, to greatest success strategies of all. Love, serve, and care. And, you know, I told you I was getting some pushback within the business world about using that word love in the business world. People aren't ready for it. Men aren't ready for it. People who aren't, who aren't 
and don't understand love in their personal lives lives definitely aren't ready to use that word in their business lives or their occupation. I've been told so many different things. And George, bro, that this that is the issue with this country. That is the issue with this world is we come to this point where we put so many barriers between us and our emotions that everybody's walking around. We don't need iRobot because we are iRobot because we're walking around and we're emotionless beings that have become so desensitized to the nonsense that I can turn on the news this morning and see that there's 14 people shot. And it's, and, and my thought is, damn, here we go again. Like there, there's no, there's no, and that, that's not anybody's fault, but man, I, I'm, I'll stop. Nah. <laughs> I thought the same thing, man. It was early this morning. I, I thought the same thing. It, it's, it's absurd. And, it and, you know, I'm not saying we all need to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, see, everybody matters to me. And, and, and I don't know if this is exactly what Bob meant. I've read the book. I, I know the people that work with him. But what I hear when I hear everybody matters is seeing people as individuals, not just because and not hating them because their opinion differs from mine, not hating them because their skin color is different from mine, not hating them because they worship a different God than I do, not just seeing that person as an individual and saying, at the end of the day, we've drawn all these lines that separate and divide us, and there's no line that can truly separate because the, the only line that matters is the circle that encompasses us all. Because the only thing that we all have in common and the most important thing is that we're all human beings. Period. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what religion, doesn't matter what sexual orientation, none of that matters. We're people. Mm -hmm. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but not easy. So <laughs> that, that, that has been a theme to this. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, in terms of kind of pillars of coaching and philosophies and uh, you know, setting business strategy and all that. I do like this idea of everybody matters. I do love, I love the idea of the people under my care. Um, yes. No matter the age group, no matter anything that you just said, that yes. you're under my care. You're a person. You're somebody I hired. You're somebody I care about. You're somebody that has goals, dreams, ambitions. I want to help you do that. You know, the, my mindset was all, has been in some of the podcasts we've, we've done is, um, hey, you know, we're, we're a consulting company. If you want to run your own consulting company in 10 years and that's a goal of yours, let me see what I can do to help prep you so you can do that. Even if, it, even if I prep you and you leave and you take business from me. It's about me helping you do what you want to do because when you leave here, I want you to say, that's the best place I've worked and that's the best person I've ever worked for. That person impacted me. Everything that you just said is John Lucas when he sat in the driver's side of that yep. car and he told me to come get his job. But, yep. but why, why is it so heralded in the athletic world mm. and so shunned upon in the business world? Because in the athletic world, that's all we hear is the Dean Smith coaching tree. The, yeah. the Coach K coaching tree, the Pat Summit coaching tree, the Gino Oriana coaching tree, like the Bill Belichick or the Nick Saban or like all of these guys that have made these great guys 
guys that are now blossoming in their own environments. It's so big in the athletic world and it's mm -hmm. so shunned upon in the business world. If you're a CEO, a CFO, a COO, whatever, mm -hmm. and you're not developing the person who is going to eventually take your place, then A, you have, you're, you're doing the business and the organization a disservice. And B, it shows that you have no aspirations of growing beyond where you are. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, I think, I think <laughs> you're right on. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> right. Right. I, no, I think you're spot on. I think it should be, you know, I, I, and that, that episode is exactly the one I was thinking of. And if you, if you haven't, if the people listening, if you haven't listened to that episode, I think it is Mark, come and get my job, come take my job. It's uh, a story that uh, Jason was in a car with John Lucas uh, years ago. John Lucas is connected with the Houston Rockets. That's exactly what he said in your story. Hey, come get my job. That means I'm growing. It means I'm growing you. It means we're all getting better and we all kind of move up the chain um, together, together, right? It's the people under my care. And we've talked about that a fair amount. But the circle that kind of put a ribbon on this a little bit, um, that, that Grover book was a really impactful to me. And I don't know how I stumbled across it. If you're interested in reading it, it is very sport oriented, very basketball focused, but there's, there's always a team leadership motivation twist to it. I think it's a great book. Um, it's called Relentless, right? Is that right? Relentless? Yep, yep. yep. And it's the personal coach of Michael Jordan. And I did a podcast maybe two weeks ago that said, and the title of the podcast is Even Michael Jordan Had a Coach. Um, so the best, the best are always hunting for different ways of doing things. Um, they focus on the fundamentals. They find people that have a different perspective, that have a different insight, that will challenge you a little bit. Let me, let me ask you this and then we'll wrap it up because I thought about this 10 minutes ago. What are you hard to be coached on? What do you struggle being coached on where you sit there and say, um, where it burns you a little bit or you're not as receptive to the feedback? Is there anything in particular that gets under you that is hard for you to receive that type of coaching? Um, less now than it was before uh, because I'm in such a mindset of wanting to improve. So, Something that I heard, um, it was actually at, at, one, at our PGC retreat in late August. Uh, our president, Mono Watson, who's a phenomenal leader and a phenomenal growth mindset person, um, we were talking about feedback and he said, there's a difference between welcoming feedback and craving feedback. Mm. Like, I am the feedback craver. I am going to ask you to give me feedback before I let you come give me feedback. I, I, I want it, I want to grow, I want to improve, I want to develop. And so it's one of the reasons why um, I haven't learned how to golf yet. I'm very interested in the game, but one of the reasons that I haven't learned how to golf yet is because I want to, knowing how mental that game is and knowing how little things make a big difference, I don't want to have a bunch of ingrain a bunch of bad habits and then have to unlearn them because, you know, I'm not doing it the right way and I could be so much more much so much better if, if I'm doing it the other way. Um, but yeah, man, I like not much. There's not much that I struggle with being coached on nowadays. Uh, and when I say not much, I really want to say nothing because I'm so open to the feedback because I just know that the feedback is making me better. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I struggle with it. 
Yeah. I struggle with it. I beat myself up about it. Um, and the people that know me close know that, um, yeah, it's what, it's something I work on, but those are the, that, that, that's my, that's my personal feedback to myself for my own improvement. Like, yeah. Hey, I got to get better at that. I've got to take that as, but it, it is, and we could go off on this and, and I know our time is, is running short here, but that, that mindset of who's giving me the feedback, where's yeah. it coming from? Like you give me feedback. I'm going to take that a lot different than what, what is the phrase you used? I mean, maybe it's the, uh, the connection you and I have, and I know connection may not be the word that you've used in the past, but it's that, it is. <laughs> maybe it is. It's the, it's the connection that you and I have that allows me to receive that feedback. It's the trust that I have in you. If I didn't know you in the first day that I came to work with you on our, on the basketball floor at MICDS two years ago, if you know, the next day you had just hammered me on a whole bunch of things, I would have been like, man, either I tap out or, you know, or I paint a bad picture of you mentally, you know, sure. um, or, and then also paint a bad picture of myself. But I've known you for a while now, and so that, that is received much different now. So, I mean, th those so are that, leadership that's things. A challenge, that's a challenge to, you know, you, you said, let's take it outside of the athletic space. That is a challenge to, again, those C-suite executives, those um, managers and leaders of organizations. That's a challenge to you. If you want to be able to give more well-received feedback to the people who you work with, build better relationships with them. Because the relationship feedback is going to draw back to honesty and trust and all of those things. And yes, we all crave and yearn. Like we say, we want trust, we want truth, we want honesty. But like I said before, the relationship has to be strong enough to bear the weight of the truth. Because the truth is heavy. The truth is heavy. And so if you just go in leading with the truth, if I walk into a, a gymnasium or a classroom and the first thing I say is none of you are going to the NBA or the WNBA. Well, that, that's the truth, but there's no relationship there, you know, and, and obviously you would never word it like that, but now there's a relationship and it doesn't take long to form a relationship to where you can start to tell the truth. When I go to these weekend PGC sessions, after the first day for sure, but <clears throat> excuse me, many times after the first session, I've established an, a, a level of accountability and vulnerability through telling my own story that makes it okay for me to be more honest with these people that I just met three hours ago. And that's, that's, exemplified by the parents and the coaches that walk in at the end of night one. I've been on the court for four, five, six hours, and they're looking at me like, how have you done in six hours what I haven't been able to do in six months or three years or four years? And it's because I come from a place of vulnerability. I've established a relationship, and now I can be able to, through that, hold them accountable in some honest and trustful way. Right. Um, so I'm going to make a note here. Let's, uh, let's make sure we talk about that the next time we get together. Sure. Um, because I, there is something about you and uh, some other people I know that have this crazy ability to connect with somebody in a short amount of time, yeah. which changes the whole dynamics of a team, of leadership, of, a, of coaching, of feedback, everything that you're just talking about, where it can be a four hour basketball session 
where at the end you've transformed somebody's life. Yeah. And, um, and I've got some opinions on that as well. Um, uh, but would really love your, love your, your strategies centered around that because it is, that's, that's something that you develop. That is something that you've got to want to do. You got to know the questions. You got to know your tone. You got to know the message. You got to know, you know, how to reach different people, different from different backgrounds, whatever it might, like there are ways to master that. And that would be a great, that would be a great discussion because every, anybody that's listening and I agree wholeheartedly with Jason, your ability to transform your teams, to provide that feedback, to provide the development that your team needs and not just business, but even your family, your community, your family, like all those people, it boils down to that connection and it boils down to that trust. And, um, and, it, and there's so much that goes on with that, man. And if you're not thinking about those things with your team, man, then you're not performing at the level you need to perform at. You're just not, you're just not, you're not going to, you're not getting there. You're like, so Pat, Pat Riley has some great quotes around complacency, but that's essentially where you're living. You're living in a, in a, in just a whole vibe of complacency instead of like driving and making things the best they can be so listen i'm gonna let you go jason i know we're doing this um i'm gonna uh figure just out stop, when to release this stop saying 15 minutes just stop saying 15 it's not a 15 minutes. minute talk anymore because i started doing that with my podcast when we started 50 episodes ago it was going to be a 30 minute talk that ended up being an hour our 15 minute talk is now 45 to an hour which is perfect which is perfect because again selfishly this is one of the best parts of my week. It juices me up. What we should do is do this Monday and, and set the table for the whole week for everybody, including myself. But anyway, Jason, I appreciate your time. We'll get together next time and we'll dive. I want to dive into how to build connections quickly, you know, um, and how to connect with people, different backgrounds, different outcomes, different dreams and ambitions, and, um, and how we can connect as quickly as possible to start moving the needle. So with that, have a great rest of the week. Um, you know, this will be on LinkedIn. This will be on Twitter. If you could subscribe and share and uh, follow Jason, follow myself. We both have Instagram accounts, all that sort of stuff. But with that, have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely. Thanks, George.